You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and I've got an extraordinary interview subject coming up for you. His name is Eric Danielson. He is from the outfit Watain. The reason for the conversation is to promote Watain's February 2019 tour of Australia and New Zealand. So let's have a listen to what Eric has to say. Here we go. Hello, mate. How's things been going? Not too bad, not too bad. Have we been, how have, how's the Aussie Indie Journo media, tre- uh, con- the contingent, mate, how have we been treating you? Hopefully well. Uh, not bad at all, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's been an easy day. I'm actually, I'm at the studio here painting uh, banners for the stage. So Sweet. It's, it's a good, uh, yeah, so I'm doing some talking meanwhile. Oh, excellent. Oh, no, good I'm stuff. Done. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool, man. And uh, look, it's um, I didn't get an opportunity to chat to you where you, when you were doing the media rounds for Trident Wolf Eclipse, but I guess that's going to be my first statement for you. I want to congratulate you on that because I think it's an epic album. I know it's a year Thank old. Thank you so now. much, man. Thank you. Yeah, I, look, I know it's a year old now, but it's just another colossal episode in the in the Watain catalogue. So I certainly hope you've been given that feedback from fans and other indie journo types. It feels uh, like a well-received album, I suppose. You're always a bit biased because, you know, what I see is the face of the crowd in the front and they mm. are usually, they're usually not yawning, you know. <laughs> so uh, Not at your shows. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's been a very good album to tour with. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the, the albums that feel very uncomplicated you know it's a straightforward album that was the whole point and uh, you know there's there's not compared to the wild hunt which was you know of a different nature this this one this Mm. one was very i don't know very empowering and and, and good to tour with well i'll tell you something that'll be my next point actually we'll talk about the wild hunt because the band satanic philosophy be damned Watain are actually a chart-topping band, and they have been since that album. Now, I don't know whether you knew this, and I checked before I got on the call, but you actually beat Agnetha from ABBA, One Direction, and John Mayer when The Wild Hunt went to number one on the Swedish national charts in August of 2013. <laughs> so, look, the point around that is you've got to be pretty proud of that accomplishment because for a band as uncompromising as Watain, you didn't just compete, but you beat, and I'm talking about strictly commercial terms here, but you beat these bloody artists that are so ingrained and they're so out there, they're in dentist surgeries, you know, shopping centres, sure. McDonald's, but sure. you, you sure. beat them. So you've got, to, you've got to feel proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it means that you're doing something that has an impact. And mm. I think for me as an artist, that's 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 the accomplishment, I think. You know, I... I I don't mind any kind of reaction as long as it's a strong one and as long as it can be felt, you know. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I suppose these short positions and and so forth have they played their role in in, in uh, determining that as well, of course. Mm. Uh, but uh, but I'd be lying if I say that that's like my my main point of focus when I think about achievement, you know. But sure. but it's yeah. but of course it it has its merits, absolutely. Mm. Something to share with your parents, anyway. You know, when you first start a band, I suppose. Think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like the, the the one relatable thing. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's the you know your global popularity means that you can come to the Antipodes, that's Australia and New Zealand down here, and you've got five shows that yes. are coming up in February, and I and I can assure you that there are a hell of a lot of fans that are very eager to attend. So, can you tell me about the show that you'll be bringing down? 
exactly. So the the Australian and New Zealand part of the tour is yeah, it's a part of a of a longer tour that we're doing that's actually stretching two months, which mm. is one of the longest tours we've ever done. So we'll start off in South America, and then after that we'll fly to Melbourne. We'll have, we have a few weeks in Melbourne, actually. Sweet. And then then we uh, start off the tour. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things we've been struggling with, and one of the things we're always struggling with when we're going that far and traveling by plane is that, you know, we can't bring the truckload of held machinery that we <laughs> that we do when we're touring in, in uh in Europe and and the States, obviously. So yeah, um, it's it's gonna be, of course, there's of course gonna be traditional Vatain show elements, but it's mm. definitely gonna be more intimate settings and much more. It's gonna be a compressed type of show, which I personally look forward to immensely because. I'm getting a bit wary of always kind of relying on, you know, a huge stage production. I kind of miss mm. doing doing things a little bit more simple. Or at least it's nice to have the the both 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 of those things, you know. Yeah. Uh, so so but it, it's it's interesting also because I talk to people from Europe, from the fan club for example, who are like who have seen us here a bunch of times with this big stage show and they're also like they're a bit envious now of, of the people that's going to see this tour because it's going to be much more you know yeah, yeah i don't know just, just straightforward and attain in a, in a much more primal primitive setting kind of which i really really look forward to that Sounds sounds like it's the Ramones version of Watain, which I love the Ramones so, so. <laughs> yes exactly that's that's a very good comparison actually Wicked. Hey, you've got a fabulous working relationship, and I'm going to mispronounce. Is it Torres Stjerner? Apologies for my bloody Australian. Yeah, uh, yeah. Norris. Uh, Torres Stjerner, yeah. There you go. Okay, so you've worked with, with him across many albums. But i tell you something. Yes. As, as wonderful as the relationship is with Torres, I'd love to see Watain work with a Michael Beanhorn, Beinhorn, I should say, or a Bob Rock type type of producer you know like to bring that massive rock sound to the band's sound do you think that would ever be on the, your radar in the future uh, well it's definitely on our, on our manager's radar <laughs> <laughs> but uh but uh i don't know i mean for for, for me by the time we decide that who, who we're going to work with which has always been Toda. yeah uh I always need to be at the point where the album is completely done and I have a pretty, you know, we all have a pretty clear vision of what it is we want to do. And so far, those visions and those ideas of, you know, what the album is going to be like, they have all corresponded really well to to how Tore works. One of the things that happens when you work with the same producer uh, for each album is that you... You buy yourself quite a lot of time, but also you buy yourself a lot of, you know, you don't have to go to through the whole turbulence and, you know, mind-boggling business of trying to get a no, new creative person into your mm. world. Yeah. And, and with a band like Vatain... Uh, we tried. I can tell you that we we, we tried really, a few yeah. times working working with other people, but you know we like to stick to our own circle of people, and we like to keep things within our realm, so to say. Mm. I, I, I'm still I'm still not saying that I'm not you know I, I completely 
I'm 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 completely open for for other collaborations as well, and I would definitely be interested in seeing what would happen if you take, you know, the the Vatain spirit and put it to a different kind of machinery. But hmm. I don't know. We haven't done that yet. We'll see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. That's all I can say. Well, it was it was a bit of a surprise to me that you hadn't worked with uh, Pete Pete Tagtron. Actually, because I thought for sure yeah. in your catalogue somewhere that there would have been the opportunity. So has that ever been uh, something that you've discussed in the past or is that potentially something you've done? I, I like a lot of Peter's productions. Uh, I also don't like a few of his productions. I, I think gotcha. that he's really got his own – I think he's he's – got his own style i like what he did with the with the destruction comeback album for example i think that oh, sounds yeah. great Celtic i love Frost, the, yeah, the, well. yes yeah. absolutely that's, that's a prime example and even the immortal albums you know mm-hmm. the ones that he done but uh, yeah absolutely i, I mean I'm, I'm super curious about what he would do with with Vatain. absolutely mm. but but that, but but again it's 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 always when we get to that point, you know that we're that we're actually feel ready to book a studio and record. That's a yeah, that's a very climactic point that where yeah. things really need need to go right from the start. You know. No, indeed, indeed. So, yeah. All right, a different question for you, and I don't think many people will know that you're actually a very big, and I understand you are because I listened to an interview with I can't remember who it was with. Sorry, but. A couple of hours ago, I was listening to it. Uh, a lady from the US, I think she's from. But you, uh, you explained that you were a big Rolling Stones and Beatles fan. That you grew up with them. And yeah, they provided yeah, some. Well, it doesn't surprise me at all because it might sound naff, mate, but I can actually hear elements of the Beatles in the sound. Potentially, it's just in the counterpoint of the way you produce melody. Because I've always found, as uncompromising as the band's philosophy might be. There's always been melody with Watain. It's always been one of those bands Absolutely. you can listen to. And I feel Absolutely. when you said that you're a big fan of the Beatles and you grew up with them, that's where I went. That's it, because it come, comes from many places, but that, that'd be one of the places that it comes from. So, which of the Beatles and the Stones albums did you gravitate to or did you listen to growing up? I think with Beatles, it was definitely Revolver. Cool. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and I also, I mean, if you, if you want more. Uh, uh, if you want to know more ways that Beatles have influenced us, you can just take a look at that cover because it's to me it looks like a fanzine, the Black Death Metal Underground fanzine mm. painting almost. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. uh, with Stones, I I would almost say at his at their Satanic Majesty's request, which oh, yes. is yep. obviously I was I was uh, very you know later on when I got, got a bit older I was obsessed with that title and mm. you know the whole the whole story about rolling stones being affiliated with all sorts of you know outlawish and, and occult groups and 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 all that but uh yeah no it's 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 cool that you mention it and and i i mean cool. I, I i will definitely not uh, I, I cannot find uh, any reason to, to to not agree mm. uh, i would i would add though that I mean, besides those bands, which which were obviously some of my earliest musical experiences. I mean, I listened to a lot of what do you say? Well, that type of music. Yeah. I listened a lot of, to a lot of music from the '60s and, and '70s, and and uh, I also see 
very clearly how that has colored, you know, some of my favorite heavy metal bands. And I mean, obviously, you know, early Priest or ACDC or, mm. you know, th th these type of bands obviously came from that background, you know, mm. to a certain extent. So, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's all tied together. And, and the important point here being made is probably that, I mean, you gotta, if you, if you, if you want to, if you, if you want to do this, you need to know about the, the source of things. You need to know the source material. Oh, sure. yeah. I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's Not inevitable great. if you, if, if you want to be able to develop as a musician. Mm. I think the older you get to, I'm in my forties. So the older you get, you really develop an appreciation for these foundation artists like Pink Floyd. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a getting older thing as well. Yeah. Of course. It go, it, but it goes beyond the Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath thing. And there's a lot of cliches with heavy metal artists that, we just gravitate toward them, but I listen to disco yeah, okay, and all sorts yeah. of stuff, you know, and, and it really yeah. didn't surprise me at all. And I'm so glad you're given that context through your answer sure. there with your, your love of the Beatles and the Stones. Sure. I think disco is my limit, though. <laughs> it is for most people, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bass player. <laughs> but I'm a bass player, yeah, you yeah. see, so I, I get into it from that perspective. Yeah, and, of um, course, I get it. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. I, no, but there's there's so much fucking music from that era to explore, you know, and especially now when everything is up for grabs and available. I mean, there's, you know, if you can spend your rest, the rest of your life just listening to mm. 60s and 70s stuff and finding new stuff oh, all the time. So. It's incredible, especially that they're releasing a lot of these indie things that were not available for public consumption for, God, up to 40 years now um, on Bandcamp. Absolutely. Bandcamp's doing a lot of yeah. re-releases, and they're incredible. Some of this stuff is coming from Latin America. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. cool. Hey, how was the uh, how was the tour with uh, Ken and the lads in Destroyer Six Six Six? What do you think? <laughs> bit of a rager. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a rager. Uh, it was it was amazing. It was the first tour that we the first full tour, I should say, that we did for the album. Mm. Uh, and I mean, obviously, we know Destroyer since way back. We toured with them for the first time in. 2007 or something like that i might be wrong i'm not too good with ears but uh, yep. and they've been old friends since i mean i think i met keith for the first time in the 90s so so it was uh we, we tried to do that you know we always try to do that like i said we're we're not a super easy band to work with and especially on tour you need people around you that you know won't mm. you know that, that are of your same of the same age. Yeah, cut from the same cloth. He has a very good, very good touring partnership. Yes, yeah. Exactly. yeah so, so, so that was, of course, why, why we why we asked them and and uh, and uh, doing it in the states also, which is like quite how to say. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, the, the tours in the states are wild. You know, they they are mm. super unpredictable. You get from you know one place to another, and they're totally different you know yep. they, you can play at a small club one day and at a huge theater one day it's it's just it's it's vast and it's it, it's it opens up for a lot of mischief and a lot of turbulence <laughs> and we uh, adding adding those two bands to the mix helped as well so it was great good start um most likely we'll be doing it many More times yeah you know? yep. yeah 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 
Awesome, mate. Well, look, I'll, I'll certainly be in the sh in the crowd in Brisbane when you guys come down here, mate. So congratulations again on, a, on an outstanding career. I look so forward to seeing what you guys do uh, in the years ahead. I really do feel like uh, yourself and Behemoth and um, I know Def Heaven are very different to you guys, but Def Heaven, you know, there's so many wonderful blackish metal sounds out there for people to wrap their ears around. And, Absolutely. And it's just, it's just an awesome time to be listening to music and as a fan. So thanks so much for your contribution, mate. Absolutely, and thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Brisbane show should be small as fuck, from what I heard. Yeah. But uh, it's also uh, we also got a nice collaboration there with our fan club, who are working on some on, on stuff to fill that stage with. So that should be one of the that oh, should be could, one of the yeah. hi highlights actually of that tour. Yeah, I think if if Ian is doing, I don't know if you know who's doing the sound for the tour, but uh, Ian Redmond, I think. It's, will be is no, that... you know what? Actually, actually, it's Toda who is doing the sound for us. Oh, He's wow. doing the sound Shit. for us li live as well. Yeah, so that's, oh, that's a huge benefit for us. Gosh, yeah. it'll be awesome then. God, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. That's the case. Yeah, yeah it should be, be awesome. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome, mate. All right, I'll let you get to the next one. Thanks so much again, mate. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You Cheers. too, man. All right. Gotcha. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation featured Eric Danielson from the band Watain. Thank you so much for listening.